Oh, my goodness. What a week for the Big 12 Conference. Can you believe it? I'm Pete Mundo. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is, of course, our independent Big 12 digital media outlet. It's good to be with you for another busy week. My goodness. And the amount of off-field news is out of control. Gary Patterson is out. TCU head coach parting ways with the program after two decades. And, and this came down on Sunday night, by the way. I don't know if you remember where you were, but this is one of those moments I'm going to remember where I was when Gary Patterson was, uh, I don't want to say fired, when he mutually agreed to part ways with TCU. And I'm trick-or-treating with my family uh, we got the two girls, although really only Claire, who's almost three, was trick-or-treating. The five-month-old was not running door-to-door for treats. And we got a bunch of people in the neighborhood walking around. And one of the dads I hear, you know, maybe 20 feet behind me goes, TCU just got rid of Gary Patterson. I'm like, what? I mean, you know, we've talked a lot about how they're struggling and how they haven't been doing well. And they're one and four in the Big 12, and they're heading for a fourth straight mediocre season. But middle of the season, losing to Kansas State and Gary Patterson basically gets blown out. Like, what? And I heard him say it, and I was like, what is going on? So I'm out trick-or-treating with the kids. So I hit up, you know, our guys Derek Duke and Matthew Postons, and, you know, thankfully they're able to grab it. But it's just Halloween night, mid-trick-or-treating, and I got Gary Patterson leaving TCU? Longest tenured coach in the conference? What the heck's going on here? I just never saw it playing out like this. So Gary Patterson is out. And here we were sitting in the middle of year four of of mediocrity for TCU. And I've been saying for several weeks, criticizing Gary Patterson is fair to do because the success has not been there, especially given how he's recruited, which is as about the third best team in the Big 12. And he certainly hasn't produced those kind of results. When you look at where TCU has been the last couple of seasons, more than a couple, going back to really 2018, since we're four years into this mediocrity, it's fair to criticize what this team has done or has not done on the field. That's not an unreasonable thing to say. Is Gary Patterson the guy that deserves to retire at the end of the season and have a press conference and talk about how great, you know, TCU is and how awesome his career was yeah I I I do believe that he has earned that right heck the guy's got a statue of himself outside of the uh, stadium which is why it's always awkward just ask Kansas State to have a statue of a guy or a stadium named after a guy who is still your head coach because oftentimes these things are not clean breaks 99 out of 100 times, they're not typically clean breaks. I know no one ever expects that. Whoever predicted that Gary Patterson would go out this way from TCU. But that's the cutthroat world of college football. That's the world that we operate in. So I think a lot of this, too, has to do with the fact that, you know, Texas Tech blew out Matt Wells. And these two programs may be ultimately fighting for the same kind of guy whether it's a Sonny Dykes or somebody else who may be part of the conversation. So I I think that TCU felt like it had to move, especially also because of the early signing period. The early signing period means that coaches no longer have the luxury of, you know, playing out or coaching out the season. It, It just don't have that luxury anymore. 
Why? Because you've got an early signing period in the middle of December. That's when a lot of guys want to sign. And if you don't sign a decent crew in the early signing period, you're kind of left with the leftovers come February. I mean, outside of the big shots, outside of the, uh, you know, uber five-star guys who sometimes want to wait till February to either be dramatic or weigh out their options or see who goes where in the early signing period, most of these guys, you know, you're under the mill, three, four-star guy, probably wants to sign in December and just get it over with, and that's that. So it's it's been great for the players. It has not been as good for the coaches and not been as good for just the programs themselves, especially those programs that are in transition. So TCU, it feels like, felt like it needed to do this, and it had to make this move and make it now instead of kind of leaving this thing in limbo, and then you've got coaches recruiting against you, and, you know, the whole thing kind of spirals from there. But what was interesting, too, is that Jerry Kill, who's going to be the interim head coach, remember, he's the former Minnesota head coach, their longtime buddies, him and Patterson. Jerry Kill said about Gary Patterson this week, there's no question he'll be coaching. Come on, y'all know him. That's interesting. Now, it's not that I thought Gary Patterson was going to go retire and, you know, uh, sit on a beach for the rest of his life. He's 61 years old, though. He's going to be 62 in February. He's not a young man, but he certainly has all the energy in the world, as you would expect. But I thought that the way things were trending in college football with all this name, image, likeness stuff, like it was clear Gary Patterson was not a huge proponent of those. Uh, the transfer portal, guys coming and going whatever they please. It was clear that that was not really what Gary Patterson saw as the best way ahead for college football. Like, that was pretty evident and pretty obvious that he didn't see it that way as the best way for TCU to go. So it's it's one of those things where I, I wondered if Gary would just kind of say, you know, the game, I don't want to say the game has passed him by or anything like that, but the way the game was trending was not, something he necessarily wanted to be a part of in terms of being a head coach of a major power five program, which is fine. That's his prerogative. But then when Jerry kill said that, I'm like, where's this? What, what's What's he going to do now? <laughs> like I could also see, and I'm not saying this is going to happen, but like Gary Patterson could be the kind of guy to me that he's got all the money he needs till the day he dies. And then money for his kids and, and, and grant, like he's made tens of millions of dollars, right? So could you see Gary Patterson just coaching a high school football team? I could because that's football at its purest, right? Like I, I, That wouldn't be crazy. I'm not predicting it. Don't get me wrong, but it wouldn't be crazy. But it was just wild to see this story of Gary Patterson out at TCU, and now you wonder what the Horn Frogs are going to do. And, I mean, Sonny Dykes is the obvious option based on what he's done at SMU. He's kind of built up that Dallas brand, that Dallas-Fort Worth brand. And I know many of you are in the Metroplex right now saying, Dallas is not Fort Worth and Fort Worth is not Dallas. Trust me, I maybe not as well as you, but I understand Fort Worth and Dallas aren't exactly in love with each other. They have very different vibes, very different folks. But Sonny Dykes has done a good job embracing that Metroplex as a whole and, um, you know, building off of that. Is TCU... Uh, the kind of job that he would jump for, I, I don't know. It's a Power 5 job. SMU's not going to be in the Power 5 anytime soon. So I don't know about the answer to that. But that's going to be the obvious first call to make, especially after TCU said this week that they were going to um, look for an offensive-minded 
head coach is what they said, an offensive-minded head coach. So, wow, this story is going to be something to watch here going forward. Very much something to watch. Uh, Some other crazy news this week. I got to talk about this for a few minutes because it's nuts. This Jeff Banks story, Texas Tech special teams coordinator. Have you seen this? You've got to see it to believe it. So rumors started circulating on Monday that the special teams coach, Jeff Banks, uh, his wife has a pet monkey. And this pet monkey allegedly attacked and seriously hurt a young trick-or-treater on Halloween. The monkey's jaws apparently had to be pried off the small child. Now you're like, okay, first question, why does his wife have a pet monkey? Well, his wife is Danny Banks. She is a former stripper. And she has been on the Jerry Springer show for her stripping abilities. And she uh, has a routine that she does with a monkey. Yes, this is a real story. Uh, Her name or her stage name was Pole Assassin. And I'm not making this up. You guys think I'm making this up? I'm not making this up. All right. Uh, Apparently, Jeff Banks, who's got three kids, used to be at Alabama before he came to Texas with Steve Sarkeesian. He met this girl, Danny. I don't know if it was on the job or what it was, but he met her. He left his family for her. And now this, what we believe to be former stripper who has a pet monkey, is now his wife. And this whole story is up on our website at heartlandcollegesports.com. You can't make it up. So I guess they still have this pet monkey. And as it goes, uh, Danny Banks, in some now-deleted tweets, did say that she was having a haunted house on one side of her house to, you know, have kids come through. Well, I guess it's the other side of the house where the pet monkey was hanging out. All right? And the kid according to Danny Banks, went to the other side of the house where the pet monkey was hanging out, which is not where the haunted house was. And then possibly uh, this kid got attacked by a monkey. Danny Banks writes on Twitter here, I had a haunted house on one side gated off. The kid had no permission to go past the gate, and I had no idea he went into my backyard. Neither did I know anything about a bite until a doctor of a neighborhood, I assume she means neighbor, Doctor of a neighbor told me to treat a small bite. No parent have contacted me about it. Uh, let's. The English is not ideal from Danny Banks. She probably should stick to her day job. Uh, so now, it, you know, this story is unfolding. And, and if nothing else, it's the last thing Texas needs as they've lost three straight Big 12 games for the first time since 2016. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian has not had a good month here. His team has blown double-digit leads in those three losses. And now he's got a special teams coach who, by the way, had a terrible call last week and having uh, Cameron Dicker pull off that fake punt, which ended up leading to Baylor's eventual go-ahead or not go-ahead, but a game-sealing touchdown. Now he's got that coach and dealing with his wife, who allegedly her pet monkey bit a kid on Halloween. You can't make this stuff up if you tried. This is wild. So we'll be following Monkey Gate here on heartlandcollegesports.com because I can't get enough of it because it's the most bizarre story. (laughs) Bizarre story 
Uh, and you, of course, hope the child's okay. Most importantly, you hope the kid's okay. But now we're going to see if this results in anything legally, if it's just a huge distraction and embarrassment. I don't know. All I know is Steve Sarkeesian's got to be scratching his head uh, like a monkey would scratch their head and say, what's going on here? You know, with that one finger head scratch type of deal. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. You can't make it up down there in Austin sometimes. You just can't. Even, even if you're a Texas fan right now, you got to be like, really? Uh, really? This is what I need? Monkey gate? Oh, boy. Whew. Good to be with you on heartlandcollegesports.com. I'm Pete Mundo as we roll through another show. All right, let's move on from some uh, monkey talk to the power rankings for this week. Let's dive into it right now on heartlandcollegesports.com. At number one, a new number one once again in our Big 12 football Heartland College Sports power rankings. The Oklahoma State Cowboys, how about them? Rolling Kansas 55-3. to And uh, if you look at this thing right now, you know, it was a toss-up for me between Oklahoma State and Baylor. But I gave Oklahoma State the edge because of their head-to-head victory over the Bears. So I know some are going to say, well, hold on a second. Oklahoma State just lost to Iowa State. Baylor beat Iowa State. That is true. But Oklahoma State has beaten Baylor. So I'm giving Oklahoma State the edge. Spencer Sanders is getting steadier by the week, which means if the Oklahoma State defensive play continues to the level that it's been at as of late, along with Jalen Warren in that great running game, then they are going to be in great shape down the home stretch of the season. I, I really do believe that Oklahoma State is in as good a position as it has been in since 2011 to win a Big 12 title. Ten years. This is their year if they're going to get this thing done because of that defense and because of that running game. They're not trying to mimic what the Sooners are and being, you know, uh, a, a, a lighter version of Oklahoma. They have a completely different brand of football, and it's beautiful to watch, and it can absolutely beat OU this year. At number two, the Baylor Bears. They improved to 7-1 and one after, as I mentioned, that impressive win over the uh, Texas Longhorns. So, boy, Baylor keeps – and Baylor fans, dump on me all you want. Please do it. I, I keep uh, – betting against you guys when it comes to the spread. I mean, you guys are killing it against the spread. You're 5-0 and at home against the number this year. So it's just, it's been absolutely unbelievable to watch, and I've been so dead wrong about that. So you keep ripping me, enjoy it, but hey, I keep picking against you guys and you keep winning. So what you want is for me to be on the opposite side of you if you're a Baylor fan. All right, you don't want me to start picking your team because this is working out great for you, okay? Oh, boy. The way this Bears team held B. John Robinson to 43 yards, 43 rushing yards on 17 carries, that was pretty awesome to watch, uh, too. I mean, that was very impressive to watch what they did. At number three in our Big 12 power rankings, we have got the Oklahoma Sooners up from number four last week. They ripped Texas Tech 52-21 to in a game that saw them jump out to a 38-7 to lead. And Caleb Williams had his best game yet. A true freshman, Six touchdowns, no picks, 400 passing yards. Only Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray are the OU quarterbacks who have thrown six touchdowns and zero picks in a single game. That's pretty elite company for a true freshman. My goodness. At number four, the West Virginia Mountaineers come into the mix at number four. They are rising fast. I think I had them at nine two weeks ago, maybe eight. But they're up to number four after winning two straight, beating Iowa State on Saturday. 
The offensive line is getting better. That's a good sign for the Mountaineers and that fan base. And it's helping uh, Letty Brown in the running game, while Jarrett Dagey gets stronger in the passing attack. And that defense remains solid. That'll make the Mountaineers a hard out down the stretch of the 2021 Big 12 football season. At number five, Iowa State down from number one. I get it. They got screwed by the refs multiple times. No doubt about it. But they still lost the game, and they looked a bit hungover on Saturday after that big win over Oklahoma State the week prior. Uh, I don't believe Iowa State this game should have been all that close. I get it. There were multiple bad calls. No questions asked. But they still looked a little sluggish in this game. They're now 3-2 and two in Big 12 play. They're a game behind Baylor and Oklahoma State for second place in the Big 12. They hold the tiebreaker over OSU, but not Baylor. So that could play a role, by the way, come the end of the season. We'll have to see how that plays out. At number six, the Texas Longhorns are number six this week. They're down a spot from number five. Blew that huge, uh, not huge, I mean, by Texas standards and blown leads, Uh, This was not their biggest one in recent weeks, but it was ultimately a double-digit blown lead once again against Baylor on Saturday. And uh, the collapse was not as bad as the 21-point debacle against Oklahoma or the one against Oklahoma State, but it was still a blown lead. 21-10 in the third quarter, and then Baylor scored 21 unanswered points. Not a good situation there uh, for the Texas Longhorns, no doubt about it. At number seven, the Kansas State Wildcats are number seven this week. I feel like Kansas is permanently stuck in this seven spot. They were there the last multiple weeks. Uh, They look good against TCU, but it was TCU. They're getting healthier at the right time. Uh, Felix at defensive end. I just say Felix because that last name uh, always throws me for a loop. So how about uh, we call him King Felix? As long as he keeps playing this well on the defensive side of the ball, King Felix, as they called the uh, pitcher from the Seattle Mariners back in the day, he was a stud over the weekend. Four sacks. Deuce Vaughn is doing his thing. A lot of optimism around those two guys as they'll both be juniors next year for the 2022 campaign. But now K-State has won two in a row. They got KU this weekend. I mean, they'll be 3-3 three and three in Big 12 play, and they'll be bowl eligible, which is exactly what you expected K-State to be. I think that, you know, 7-5, and 8-4 and four, with the occasional pop, to try to compete for a Big 12 title every four to five years is basically what is a fair expectation for Kansas State football right now. Number eight in the power rankings, Texas Tech, staying in that same spot as last week. Uh, Didn't go well for Sonny Cumbie. I I can't see Sonny Cumbie being the head coach of the Red Raiders after the way that went to Oklahoma. Now, if he had competed against OU or even pulled off an upset as a 20-point underdog, maybe – you're start talking about Sonny Cumbie as a legitimate guy in this um, in this race to be the next Texas Tech head coach, but I just can't see it right now. Although I'm not sure what direction Texas Tech goes, I'm really not sure. After Jeff Trailer signed an extension with UTSA with a seven and a half million dollar buyout, not sure if you saw that in the last few days, but Jeff Trailer, their main target at UTSA, signed I think it was a seven year extension, seven million dollar buyout. Is Texas Tech paying a $7 million buyout to get a guy? I'm not seeing that one. One win does get Tech Bowl eligible, but they're going to be big-time underdogs over the next three games. At number nine, the TCU Horned Frogs. It's crazy. I mean, if not for the way Kansas is playing, TCU would probably be in the 10 spot. That's how bad it's been for this TCU team. Lost to K-State by 19 on Saturday. 
They have moved on from Gary Patterson, as we talked about. And I, I, I thought this was a team that would compete and be a dark horse in the Big 12, and it just hasn't happened. And it's not going to happen. At number 10, KU. Boy, after playing Oklahoma down to the wire, clearly Kansas was deflated seven days later, rolled by Oklahoma State 55-3. to uh, This team's got to start playing more consistent, competing in more of their games, and then they'll be able to pile up a win or two. But for now, it is what it is uh, for the Kansas Jayhawks. So there's your power rankings as we get ready for Week 10 in the Big 12 Conference. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. So uh, let me remind you to leave a rating and a review on iTunes. That's how you get a free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail. I send them to you personally when you leave a rating and a review and then send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. We've got so many great ratings and reviews here as of late on iTunes I want to thank you guys for them. Steve writes here on iTunes. This is a fantastic podcast. Could not recommend it more. Uh, Got another one here from Ben. Targeted to the point, very well-rounded takes. Uh, I don't know if everyone agrees with that. Depends on the fan base and the week, but we'll take it, guys. Thank you. I appreciate you. And we'll talk to you soon here on heartlandcollegesports.com. Take care.